Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight is CSULB President F. King Alexander as we enjoy our 15th anniversary year here at Straight Talk. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. So raise the banner, call the glory, let us join our fellow man. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Long Beach Magazine. Coastal living, city style. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. Our guest tonight is CSULB President F. King Alexander, and we're broadcasting from the studio of Advanced Media Production on the campus of California State University, Long Beach. Advanced Media Production is a division of University College and Extension Services. Dr. Alexander, welcome to our show. Welcome back. It's great to be back, Art. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the budget situation is on everyone's mind, and of course, higher education is being impacted, as almost every area is. Uh, give us a rundown of the degree of the cuts and the impact on, on our campus. Well, we're, we're, we're very worried about what's going to happen be basically between June and October because when the, the assembly and the legislature gets together again, uh, we're going to get a May revise uh, early June. Uh, revenues are down from we already know that we have an $8 billion hole in California. Uh, that $8 billion hole could be anywhere from 15 to $16 billion by the first week of June. Uh, they're going to meet and they're probably not going to give us a determination or give us a budget till October or November. So we're going into a Jan July 1st budget year not knowing at all what our budget's going to be. So it does cause a great degree of concern for our university, but also for the public schools and community colleges throughout California. But you've sent out notices for having the different colleges make certain percentage cutbacks and you're also reducing the enrollment that you otherwise would have admitted because of these 
uh, anticipated Exactly. Problems. We've already been cut. The CSU as a whole has already been cut about $110 million. Our institution's been cut about $7 million. So we've had to make uh, pretty drastic adjustments to the student population, at least the student population that's not being funded by Sacramento and the citizens of California. So our campus will go from about 38,200 this past fall, which is our all-time high, down to about 3,600 in this upcoming 36, fall. 36,000. I mean, I'm sorry, 36,000. So we've gone from 38,000 to 36,000, a drop of about 2,200 students, which has made us very difficult to get into this year. And we were difficult even before. Everyone wants to come here. I read somewhere that, that we had 50,000 applications for 4,000 places. It's the hot campus. Yeah, we've had even this year 65,000 applications. 65,000 applications. And that place is about third in the United States in, in, in terms of that's a popularity measurement. Someone told me it's harder to get into here than UCLA. It doesn't mean it's a higher level school, but it's just statistically harder to get in here than UCLA. Well, unfortunately, that, that certainly has become the case uh, in, in a lot of areas. Uh, we're very accessible for our local students, but beyond that, uh, we, our students are seeing that their grade point averages have, have had to grow, because primarily because they're not being funded by the state. Uh, that's an important issue because we're going from a freshman class of about 4,900 to 3,600, as an example, a transfer class of from 3,500 to 2,600 for the upcoming fall. And I know even more students are graduating from the high schools, so it's ironic and unfortunate that just at the time more are coming into the pipeline, uh, the doors are narrowing a little bit. That's, that's, that's a question California needs to ask itself. Um, do we want the kind of economy that California has had in the past, and do we want the kind of California that Californians want to have in the future, which means a highly educated populace, uh, students that are, have access to high-quality universities at affordable rates, all of these are big questions for the citizens of California. And I know that you and the faculty union and many others make the point that this is an investment in the business future of the state, having an educated workforce. Every dollar in education returns many dollars. It returns at least four dollars back to every citizen throughout the state of California. And we're making investment decisions versus spending decisions in some cases. And in California, we're in an unfortunate situation where we're going to spend $60,000 to, to incarcerate a prisoner for one year or spend 70, basically spend $7,000 per student to send them to Cal State Long Beach. So you can almost have a 10 to 1 ratio on educating students versus incarcerating an individual. And I know you preach all the time and uh, we've been recognized in national magazines that we are uh, the low cost, high quality college of choice. We're, we're not the cause of the American college cost issue and price issue yeah. and tuition and fee. We're the most affordable university in California and one of the most affordable in the United States. And we're constantly called to Washington to, to inform people how, how we're able to accomplish this. And taxpayers are getting a bargain because they're spending uh, about $7,000 per hypothetical full-time equivalent student. And, and getting an educated person out of that. Certainly, and that's an educated person for a lifetime that has spin, multi, multiple spillover effects to every community throughout the California and throughout the nation as well. I love this slogan, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Yeah, and that's exactly the type of decision and discussion that California needs to have over the next six months. Short term, one possible solution to the problem is an increase in student fees. Would you? talk about that? Well, it, we're looking at a, a roughly about a 10% increase. However, that 10% increase when you are the lowest in the United States is uh, roughly about $300. The National Public University average increase will go up about $700 this year. 
And our institution will remain one of the most affordable, even with a 10% tuition increase. Um, we'll be about $3,500 next year. And the national average will hit 7,000 for public universities nationwide. And at 3,500 and 7,600 uh, from the state, it's still, the student fees are still a little less than one-third of the total cost, which is very, very reasonable. Oh, it's exactly right. In fact, we spend about $11,000 per student per year, which yeah. is no different than what we spent 15 years ago. So yeah. you, if you want to measure efficiency, if you want to measure affordability, if you want to measure quality for, for your degree, I don't believe there's a better university in the United States doing all of these. Fair enough. Well, we'll be continuing our discussion with the president, but first we have to pause for these messages. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. The Port of Long Beach, one of the region's largest construction contractors, has work for businesses big and small. The SBE, or Small Business Enterprise Program, was established by the Board of Harbor Commissioners in 2004 to boost the local economy. Through this program, small businesses get a chance at big port contracts in the areas of construction, environmental consulting, engineering and architectural services, and more. To learn more, log on to www.polb.com or call 562-590-4146. For over 80 years, Community Hospital of Long Beach has served the greater Long Beach community by providing the best medical care possible with a focus on clinical excellence and a caring, compassionate, personalized approach for every patient. It is our goal to be the community's preferred health care provider, providing a 24-7 rapid response emergency department, a state-of-the-art cancer center, and a free wellness and diabetes program. We are proud to introduce CHLB's new bariatrics program featuring the safe and effective lap band system. Community Hospital of Long Beach. When you have a choice, choose the best. The Marketplace Long Beach, where you can shop for a fabulous selection of merchandise. Dine out tonight. Shop in a relaxing environment. Explore all there is to enjoy at The Marketplace Long Beach, PCH and 2nd Street, online at MarketplaceLongBeach.com. The Marketplace Long Beach. Welcome back. Continuing our conversation with F. King Alexander, the president of California State University, Long Beach. King, let's talk about financial aid. You're a recognized national expert on the subject of, uh, of financial aid, and, and you've been engaged in, in a big battle with the banks, and uh, it recently <laughs> had a, a very favorable outcome. Well, well, first of all, financially, one good, you mentioned fees, a good thing about this stimulus package is that we've never seen increases in financial aid for our students, That we, it, perhaps the biggest increase the last two congressional sessions. We've, ha we've had uh, Pell Grants increase from $4,100 to nearly $5,500. Uh, students are very well protected with new forms of financial aid, new dollars that are put into the financial aid system. So to be a student in the system right now, there's no better time to be in the system because of the infusion of new dollars into the financial aid system. On the loan front, 
the battles with the banks has been an ongoing battle since the early 1990s uh, when Congress limited the number of institutions that could go to direct lending or go to the Department of Education for their loan funds. And would that be a reflection of the political muscle and the lobbying impact of the major banks? That, that's completely the case. Uh, that the, the lobbying forces from Citibank, Sally May, Bank of America went right to Congress and limited the number of institutions that could go and use the Department of Education's funds and the Department of Education system called direct lending. And that competes, of course, with the private lenders. That competes with the private lenders. Um, but what we've seen recently is uh, that uh, right now about 35% of the institutions are on direct lending. Uh, there's been a massive wave of institutions moving over to direct lending. When you say institutions, you mean universities Universities moving over to direct lending using the Department of Education, which is including less our own. Which is less expensive for the students. It's less course. expensive for the institutions less expensive for the students and in fact more money ends up in the hands of the students for the purposes that were intended which money goes to the students for educational purposes. So when you eliminate the commercial banks from the process you're basically eliminating the middleman and passing right. the savings along to the student. Well let me just uh, share with you how much that is. Uh, it's, it's worth 10 billion dollars a year uh, and over the next $10 billion, $94 billion is, is expected to be saved by the federal government to put into grants and Pell Grants to increase the financial aid needed for students. So it not only saves them an interest cost, but it also provides the, the wherewithal for more for direct more, student. And even to make the Pell Grant an entitlement program instead of in a program that's adopted every four years. You know, years. some of the behavior of corporate America is really outrageous, and particularly when it impacts students, when they're trying to limit the ability of direct student loans at lower interest rates so that they can make more money, that's objectionable in and of itself, and particularly when those banks are receiving federal taxpayer bailout dollars, it's absolutely obnoxious. It's, it's an interesting time for us, and, and there's another benefit to this that most people don't fully understand. We've been trying to get changes in federal aid system to help low-cost institutions to keep caps on aggregate loan limits so that other institutions don't frequently jack up their tuition rates and send more students into debt. Well, the banks have always been on the other side of this. They like debt. They like more debt. It's the American and, way. Get people into debt, stay And in so debt. when we actually are advocating for new policy changes now, there's going to be less of a force from the lenders that are going to be counterbalancing and counteracting the types of what I believe are progressive reforms to federal financial aid programs. Well, thank you for leading that battle. I know it's been long time and ongoing, and it's been pretty bloody. It, it's a messy. It's <laughs> been a messy 15 years. Speaking of bloody, <laughs> let's no, let's talk about the athletic program for a second. There's some good news here at the Long Beach State Athletic Department. We've we've got a new women's basketball coach, Jody Wynn, who's going to take over our women's program. And for those that don't know, we've got the ninth winningest Division One women's program in history in the wow. NCAA. So getting our women's basketball program back on track like we have for our men's program is important, but we've had so many other successes. Our women's tennis team for the sixth year in a row won the Big West Conference, went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, softball, NCAA tournament, baseball headed forward toward the NCAA tournament. We've had so many conference championships this year, and even more importantly, we had the highest academic performance ratings in the state, which means that we're not going to be sanctioned by the NCAA when other institutions are looking at sanctionable programs throughout their athletic programs. Ours continues to to progress towards graduation. Our students, we've have we've never had more students graduating from oh, our man. athletic program. That's great. And I know a program that's the linchpin of the whole athletic program and one near and dear to your heart 
as a former college basketball player, our men's basketball program, really it turned itself around this year. The crowds were way up. I went to many of the games. Yeah. The energy was there. It's very exciting. Yeah, I saw you in many of those games. Yeah, they, yeah. We had a lot of one-point games, and yeah. uh, uh, it was an exciting year. We started four freshmen. We've got everybody back, basically. Uh, we've got a great schedule, which I believe includes Texas, Austin, uh, Duke, Maryland. Uh, so I hope everybody gets on board early and, uh, and starts packing the pyramid. And the coach got the team to wear mindset wristbands, which is an acronym for a certain principles that he teaches and I guess those principles work. Yes, those principles work this year and we hope they continue to, to influence not only our men's basketball program but there's spillover effects into all programs which we all have great coaches, we have a great athletic department, Vic Seglis does a great job with our athletic program and we have just good support, good great. overall support. Well we'll be continuing this great conversation but first we have to pause again for these messages. <laughs> Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. It's Big Red Bus. Our English double-decker buses offer large groups a fun, unique, inexpensive alternative to standard transportation. Bar hopping, weddings, sporting events, airport pickups, kids parties, you name it and we'll help customize the perfect experience. We have open and closed top buses available. Both are equipped with custom-built bars, stereo systems, and a friendly hostess. Alcohol is permitted on board. For your next event or fun occasion, call Big Red Bus at 562-852-9888 or visit us on the web. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh no! Alright, you little trail sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. We're continuing our conversation with the Prez, the head of California State University, Long Beach, F. King Alexander. Let's talk in this last segment, uh, Mr. President, about the future of our campus. There are mm -hmm. a couple of exciting construction projects going on right now. We've got a lot of construction going on right now. Unfortunately, with the new sale of the state bonds this past spring, we've been able to get our biggest project going again, which is our $110 million science complex. This is the biggest project going in the CSU right now, wow. and, and it's going to it's going to really do an amazing uh, thing for our students in terms of improving the pipeline of students going into science, mathematics, and engineering. And we need that for the future. Uh, Everyone's it's telling it's one us. of the greatest deficits that we have as a yeah. nation, not just in California. Uh, we also have a five million dollar nursing addition. This is another area of great deficiency that we must produce and graduate more nurses to get them out there as America ages. 
We also have a, a $75 million uh, recreation, student recreation and wellness center that's coming out of the ground right now as we speak. And the students voted uh, students fees voted, to create uh, this. Two and a half years ago, the students voted because they didn't have a place for themselves. Uh, the facilities that we have on campus are usually dominated by intramurals or intercollegiate athletics or some or classes and other things. So they don't have a place to remain healthy and a place they can go to and congregate. This gives them a, one of the best facilities in the United States to, for wow. them to go to basically any time of the day to meet their exercise and wellness needs. And I know you very much want to move the campus in the direction of, of away from the commuter campus, more time, more things to do, and this plays right into that. Well, it plays right into it. Our whole library renovation plays right into it. And, With a Starbucks and, in the main floor, I might add. And we cleared out the top floor of stacks and put the uh, books in the retrievable areas, but we gave students places to go when they're not in a classroom. Giving more students places to be from the outpost restaurant construction we just finished to all of the things that we're doing on campus. We want our students on campus, not just here to go to class, but to do everything that they want to do in a collegiate experience. And you've also expanded uh, dorm rooms through the Brooks College acquisition. Exactly. Uh, we're on a fast track to get that finished this August. We'll have 550 new rooms at a residential college just off PCH, which is a satellite campus for us. It will have classrooms over there. It will also have a dining hall. Uh, it will provide updated rooms and facilities for many students who will just be on the edge of campus as they pursue their collegiate So that's 500 new uh, dorm uh, spaces uh, for 500 people on top of the 2,000 that exist on campus. So that's a 25% increase in residential housing. That's the first increase in housing, uh, campus housing that we've had in the last uh, nearly 40 years. So we've got to catch up to where perhaps we should be with the number of students who have access to campus. Our waiting lists are pretty long for students who want to be on campus and be in university facilities. Also coming up, as you know, because you're very much involved with it, our Distinguished Speaker Series next November, we're having a wonderful speaker on this financial meltdown, uh, Bill Cohn, who wrote House of Cards about the fall of Bear Stearns and earlier uh, wrote a bestseller, uh, The Last uh, Tycoon. That, that'll be a great addition to campus, and it's been a wonderful speaker series so far. So this will be a wonderful addition. I think that we'll get a lot of people very interested in what's the, the type of discussion going on. We're moving into the nighttime, so save the date, Wednesday, November 18th. Looking to the future, sir, goals for the next five years as you run this marvelous facility? Well, the main goal is student success. Uh, this past year, we've had the highest graduation rate in the university's history. We've never graduated more students in the university's history in all categories. Uh, and we need to keep pushing forward to make sure that parents and students know when they come here. Our goal from, from my office all the way down to our grounds crew, to our police, wonderful campus police staff, to our senior faculty, is to help those students get to graduation and graduate, which is what this, this end of the, the May month is all about. Yeah. And this will be your fourth graduation, and the ceremonies, nine different ceremonies over three days. Our show will be seen between those nine uh, ceremonies over the three days. And there are parents that can't make it here. What would you like to say to those parents in Europe or Asia that can watch this on the webcast? Well, I'd like to tell them thank you for, for sticking with us to help their students, their sons and daughters, make sure that they can graduate from, from this great university. We know it's a team effort. It's a team effort when they show up. And we have provided lots of safety nets and opportunities for them to latch on to and really to make this a home away from home for them. But they've also played a very important role in helping them get to this point. And we know that and we want to thank them for playing this role with us to make sure that they can graduate from this great institution. And one of the moving parts of every graduation ceremony I've gone to and I've gone every year for 35 years 
is when they recognize the families and they ask the class, the graduating class, to thank the parents and the friends that made it. It's a, it's a very moving moment. It's very moment. moving. It's yeah. a very moving moment. And it's just uh, team efforts have gotten our students to these points, and people need to realize that. It's their school teachers in kindergarten. It's their parents. It's their grandparents. It's their siblings. It's, it's a whole team effort that gets students to this level. And many of our students are first-generation college. We have 36% Pell Grant eligible, which is generally associated with first-generation students. Yeah. So, And they tend to bring big crowds at graduation, which yeah. is a wonderful yeah. festive occasion. And we're changing lives. I mean, those lives are different uh, because that son or daughter had a chance to go to college. That's right. And that triggers an intergenerational effect from that point on throughout their intergenerational uh, yeah. uh, futures. And yeah. uh, it, it, it is, that's some of the most important things that we've done on our campus, that we continue to be committed to those students. So you're in the business of changing lives. We change lives for a changing world, and that's our, that's our statement. Okay, we'll be back with the final portion of Straight Talk after these messages. <laughs> Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. those who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. I've had the privilege to be a faculty member here at this wonderful campus for the last 35 years and it's been a very rewarding experience and, uh, and we do change lives and uh, uh, it's just a good feeling. We have a beautiful campus and we're doing good things. We're doing lots of great things for thousands and thousands of people. That's yeah. something we try to tell Washington every day, is yeah. that if you want to find a place doing a great job, look at us. Well, thank you, Mr. President, for joining us here on Straight Talk, and good luck as you go into your fourth commencement exercise here on campus. You really are doing such a great job for our students, faculty, and staff. Well, thank you, and it's great to have you back on campus for the show, Art. Thank you, thank you. And I want to thank the crew of Advanced Media Production at California State University, Long Beach, for hosting us in their studio tonight. 
Join us again next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, The Press-Telegram, and Long Beach Magazine. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.